If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Welcome back to the Wine Jar Cynics podcast. You guys have missed us as well on, on this portion. It's Gene. And Dio. Yeah, again, um, sorry for the hiatus. We Speaking of hiatus also, the creator of Berserk has died a week ago. He has passed away. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, man. <laughs> that really and sucks. If, and it, and it, and it does seem like it's like irrelevant to our podcast, but again, our podcast is based. It's actually strangely like coincidental, and it kind of overlaps with the idea of berserk. Again, like overcoming struggles and obstacles, right? And exactly everything we have to, we talk about with like cynicism and like Hercules is, should be the model, and you should try to you know grind and overcome any obstacle, or at least try you know die don't die trying. That kind of thing. No, definitely. I mean. So I think. I never I read. I think it overlaps. Yeah. Though. I never read the manga. But after watching the anime. Which only covers a portion of the story. Small portion. And I was hooked. And it, it just moved one into one of my top animes. Just from that alone. And to learn. And yeah, that, we're, and learn we're, that was done. When was that done? Like back in the. What, the 90s. 90s. And yeah. Then, the anime. Like 97 I think. And then that was just it. Until like there was a few, it was like a, what would you call that? What like they have on some streaming services? What they did, they like re reanimated oh, like, it. The, oh and, yeah, like, like the in the three films, there's like three films where they pretty much yeah reanimated and retold the exact same story. It's kind of in a condensed manner. Uh, exactly. But and and we're like pretty casual fans, but of anime because we don't really watch much stuff we don't really have time for it we're just mostly at you know doing our thing life gets in the way but um it's the only anime i feel like i can actually will i will be willing to waste my time because at the end of any other day it is it is entertainment right so it is kind of kind of wasting my time away from things that are extremely important like this project and school and work like it's that good yeah. Like I'm willing to put all of that away. I'm willing to procrastinate on my schoolwork and and all that just so I can read more about it. Actually, I'm I, I just started the the manga too. Oh, you're so. reading it? That's awesome. Yeah, I might I might as but well. Like, yeah, exactly. Especially what with ha what happened with him and how I feel it's very similar to like our project. I think because there's a lot of like overlap and it, again we'll talk about the overlap soon because you know we want to talk about like hermeticism and all this like all this kind of cult all this dark macabre stuff cult stuff and oh. i think mac would enjoy it but you know he's not here so yeah but no. that was the plan no you know, for before sure. he left and he kind of we have a hi hiatus now you know we're dealing with a lot of stuff yeah we'll, we'll get him back into the fold soon enough but when so, when, when did we watch that are you, when did you watch oh, it with me? It was like a few months ago. No, I don't know. Was it a month ago? I think it was like so recent. That's the crazy part for me. Like I just had gotten into it and then I'm hearing about like, oh, 
he's like working on finishing the series <laughs> and then he just dies it, was, it really sucks so we'll never really there's a good chance very good chance that we never get a conclusion yeah yeah and i think it'll be highly unlikely that the um well he did have his own students who he taught them how to draw in his style and he left notes but even then, I still think it's iffy. I'm, yeah, I don't because know. I would, I mean, it's not, I would hope they would do better, but Dragon Ball GT was <laughs> essentially, I mean, they did like one or two things that were cool, like the transformation, but outside of that, it's kind of trash. <laughs> so I, that's yeah. my, my, my concern is it just, it just won't be the same. It doesn't have the, the same spirit. You can't carry the spirit of an individual who started something so epic. Anyway, let's start with the, um, yeah, yeah. Peace to Kentaro Mira. Um, Ray, rest in peace. His, what he did was a masterpiece. It definitely affected a lot of people. I think it's the most high selling anime of all time in manga. Oh, wow. I, I think it is one of, I think it is number one. I think the highest grossing manga. Let me, let me just check that real quick. That's amazing. I didn't even know that because it's, it's so dark. That's actually what makes it surprising. Give me, let me just see what it is. List of best selling. Let's see. I'll search as well. Maybe I can help you out. Not anime films. I put. Oh, I did. Yeah, it's like well, it's one of the top, but it's not the top ten. It's like it's between fifty million and ninety nine million copies. But it's really up there, though. It's like a masterpiece. That's a huge, uh, huge range. <laughs> Yeah, that's still a lot, though. But um, anyways, moving to the topic, because I think it kind of relates to this, because it, rem- it reminds you of that meme. Again, meme review, right? Let's do this for a grapevine. Well, just we'll call it the grapevine. Oh, yeah, okay, there's... I mean, really quickly, I just want to check something. To put it into... I mean, any anime you've heard of, it's up there with it, really. I mean, just to put it, it's ahead of Death Note. Um, there's a lot of weird ones I don't know, but yeah, okay, it's up there. It's ahead of One Punch Man. Interesting, but okay, moving on. Sorry about that. It, it reminds me that okay, so the whole reason I kind of picked this uh, intro was because it reminded me of that meme where it's like at eight twenty. One of these characters is gonna is gonna define your personality, and it's got like guts from Berserk. It's oh, got like the Joker. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. For, for a twenty year old, twenty to twenty five year old male, one of these characters, fictional characters, is gonna represent your personality. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's a funny meme. <laughs> and, and and I think for guts, it's the only character I feel like that is a okay. Yeah, because guts guts is a struggler. You have to struggle in life. That's just it. That's just how it is. As human beings, that's just how it is. So I'll give a pass on Guts, but all the other characters, I don't know about that. Because, you know, there's Tyler Durden from, like, Fight Club and all that. Yeah, some, like of, some, of them are, some of them are a little ridiculous. Uh, the guy from yeah. Drive is okay, too. Oh, I've never watched that movie. But he's just so. kind of, like, too calm and cool and just, like, still a badass. I think that's that's why. Okay. Well, I think that's... Okay, I, get, I somewhat agree with it. But anyways, um, the whole topic of this kind of relates back to our intro because um, we want to talk about ideology 
and making that your personality. And it, it, I thought of this topic because I was kind of reminded of that people who are like basing their personality on such arbitrary strange things, like basing your personality on like political views or mm. uh, even like mental disorders that are like made up like these girls on Tumblr who they base their personality on these, you know, on these mental illnesses that they don't possess, but they think they do. You know? Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna actually. Once you brought that up, that's what exactly what popped into my head first. Is like kind of over abusing actual diagnosis, <laughs> the terms to describe and identify yourself as. Like, oh, I'm depressed when you're not actually. Oh, I have PTSD. When you're just sad. When you yeah, when you're just sad, having PTSD. When you're just like scared when you hear loud noises like that's not the same or you get spooked that's not what ptsd is yeah oh yeah yeah exactly it's like that one meme it's like you call you can you call it depression when you have sadness you yeah. call it anxiety when you have um caution you call it um ptsd when you have bad memories yeah 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 ex- exactly and <laughs> i've actually i guess what i i've heard that yeah, all, yeah. Uh, too many times recently very recently where it's just like oh i can't I, Oh, you've met people who've actually like identified the, you know, they base their personality on like weird things, like, like what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Just like, well, just like instances. I don't know if they base their. I don't know them well enough to know if they base their entire person. Actually, I kind of do in one case, but I can't say I don't know her well enough because usually that kind of turns me off when it kind of, I get the sense that they're they're doing that. Like I don't even want to take the time to find out because it's like yeah i don't really yeah i don't like being around those types of people but not that i don't like being around depressed people but people you know who make no, it no, into who they who are, are like make yeah, it their yeah, identity people, it's a there's a yeah, difference people who are, yeah based, there's based a difference their identity basing their identity on not just like just these random things like de- these like depression that's not even depression or all these misdiagnoses but just like ideology is the worst yeah because i mean just to i'm sorry i don't mean to cut in but i know people who are clinically depressed and i've been around them i've had long relationships with people like this they're completely different they're not like what these other people are (laughs) it's a completely different experience and it's just like oftentimes they don't even say they're depressed they're high-functioning depressed people who are yeah exactly they don't want to seem like they're a burden on other people uh-huh. or they want to, or they're going to be stigmatized or, you know, called weak or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Uh, but anyways, um, the whole root of this, this topic is like, not just people defining themselves based on like weird things like that. But I think mostly ideology and like, not just and what I mean by ideology is like, like activism or political movements. Or, or like the other eyes, of, uh, other aisles of the political spectrum, or like you know things like that. I think it's fine to have those things and to care about them, right? Because in the other episode we were talking about apathy and tolerance, right? On, on Watchdogs, right? That there's a lot of apathy and tolerance, which is these are the the last the virtues of a dying society, right? Mm-hmm. And relating it and relating it to technology, how people have apathy and tolerance towards these like unconstitutional um, things that are going on and privacy infringements and, and whatnot. So all of that is fine. 
and again, the whole point of this this uh, the uh, this uh, project is to teach the ancient Greek virtue of you know the golden mean. Like you can have these things, you can do all this stuff, but just be balanced. But I think I'm specifically talking about the people who have made it their whole existence, which is I think very problematic. And I think and, so, and I think the reason why I bring this topic up up is because you know we were on vacation in a very nice sunny place where people have more things to do, and you notice that people don't really people are not so ideologically driven or they base their existence on ideology or all these other weird factors that are arbitrary in my opinion. Yeah. Almost. They just kind of, because I think they have hobbies, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a nice, nice area with beaches and, and people are all, uh, you know, focusing on fitness and health and going out and meeting friends and, and um, living life and experiencing things, you notice that, the, that people don't talk about ideology as much. And I do think it has to do with the weather. And, you know, we live in a dark, cold place up here in the, you know, northeast. And you realize that there's a huge difference between people who live there compared to here, right? And then people over here, you know, it's darker, less people, less lively. It's harder to and live an active in, lifestyle. And when you don't live an active lifestyle, you know, what, you know, what you're going to do more? You're going to be more passive. You're going to be do, doing more things that are... And I think that's good. Doing more reading is important. Also... But, you, you know, some people are on the internet too much. Some people are watching TV too much. And I know it's not, like, it's not like a boomer saying this, but I'm just saying, like, when you're not active, you're more likely to base your, your existence on, like, ideology rather than, you know, actions and meeting people. And you know what I mean? No, you know, absolutely. It's... And this is, I see a huge problem with people who are like that. They're just less happy, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, I'm trying to think in my head how to... It's like there's so many different factors. It's hard to pinpoint exactly <laughs> where it comes from but i mean ideally you should look for for balance in your life you exactly shouldn't. i don't think you should also be ignorant to all the things that are going on because we were talking no, about yeah. that right but at the same time you can't be so overly zealous that you make it your whole existence yeah. you're gonna kill yourself faster that's all i'm saying you're gonna kill yourself faster you're gonna get stressed out you're gonna probably lose hair more hair you're probably gonna have less friends you probably won't enjoy life as much. And, you know, life is too short not to have those things. I just, you know, the, the more you become ideologically driven and you are enamored by your own ideas, and it's very dangerous. It's a very dark path. Oh, yeah. I've come across people who... <laughs> Who have uh, taken that path, and it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's I, I miserable want, to be mean. around them. I mean, I, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be mean, but but it's, it's especially because, like, how do you how do you meet new people unless they they fit that ideology? It's like the only way you can meet new people because if they don't, it's like you make me feel like <laughs> I can't really speak out without you like <laughs> turning it into something. That's Related to that's who scary, you are, that's the scary part, though. Yeah, and, I, and like you said, uh, and if you now you can kind of find your own echo chamber now, so you it's, it's very easy it to. It it's, it's unfortunately very easy to, and I think we we had talked about this before while, while we were on our trip, actually. That a lot of people take if you criticize a certain idea, they take it personally. Then they begin to take it personally as a personal attack rather than an attack on the idea. 
and it's that's the problem. It's it's showing that you are that has become a part of your identity. Yeah, these political issues or these ideological issues, like you, you got you got to be able to separate those two things. You have to be able to, or else you feel like the world is against you when it's not. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like it's just and again the whole idea of this project, or not even this this episode too, is it's what you do that what you it's not what, who you are, but what you do that defines you. And I know that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty corny because of Batman, but <laughs> no, I think it's a, well, the cynics talk about that too. You know, talk is cheap. You know, it's, it's about your actions. Like, what do you do? But even then, even if you do, but then people are, you know, you're going to probably say, Hey, but, but Gene, these people do activism. They are doing stuff. It's like, okay. What I'm trying to say is that you should just be balanced. And you, sh- you shouldn't make it your identity regardless anyway. And your identity shouldn't be based on things you believe. Your identity should be based on how the way, on the way you treat people and how, you know what I mean? That's what I think. Oh, I agree. Definitely. And, and there's, I mean, this is a pretty, I think we've, it's coming off as repetitive because I think we've actually talked a lot about this. But I think that we're pressing on this issue because it just becomes more, and it's, it's becoming a lot worse. And I think, again, I do think it's a kind of a an overlap between a lot of the stuff we talked about and even on the, the watchdogs, um, like, topics. Like, and uh, Cold Fusion was talking about this. When you have people who are a, a narcissistic culture that has no empathy, th- those two things are an extremely dangerous thing for the world. Because, first of all, the narcissism. You're enamored by your own ideas and you think they are superior and morally uh, right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you also have the, the lack of empathy, the unwillingness to talk to other people with different opinions or viewpoints. So when you mix these two things together, you create a lot of polarization, you create a lot of zealotry, you, you even extremism. And, and, and again, we talked about centrism too. The whole point is, you know, to be able to compromise and that's the best way of being progressive, compromising. But when you when you have that culture of you know narcissists who don't have empathy, then yeah, you are creating extremely toxic society. And I feel people who who base their ideas on ideology, both on the right and the left, right? I think that people need to. I think life was better when that wasn't a thing, because I think life was less polarized. You know, just think about it. If people could just go out and, you know, have fun and go outside and be active and just, you know, grill and enjoy their life, I don't think that these issues would become so uh, embedded in their existence and therefore make it so that if somebody has a different opinion that they'll become so violent and have such a huge backlash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not enough people talk about, hey, having hobbies anymore. (laughs) Like, a lot of you need some serious hobbies. (laughs) And like, uh, essentially, this is probably gonna piss off a lot of people. The whole, the whole episode is gonna lie. It's such a, it's such like, it seems like such a trivial, like little thing, like you can get away with, but like basic things, like keeping healthy, not just with a diet, but also like at least some exercise, having a hobby that's not related to anything controversial or political, just like having a hobby off on the side that you do to just unwind or stay engaged stay like 
active. You, you need these things in your life to balance out your life. And I think that your, um, your outlook on life will reflect that. Yeah, because if you go if you go there, you see a lot of fit people, a lot of attractive fit people, who are just living life, enjoying life, because have you, a lot of friends. And it's also you, you'll share. You have no choice but to share these experiences, these uh, activities with people who you may not agree with on things, but you'll still be able to. Uh, yeah, exactly. Converse with them. <laughs> you'll un- like, you'll look, understand look, look, look. that, like, hey, the other side is not like. <laughs> the devil or uh, that you're morally superior to them. There's normal people. Yeah. Both of you can still go bowling. Yeah. Both of you can still go bowling. Both of you can still go barbecuing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I think a a large part, uh, a one factor that that's kind of been lost. It's like, I I can only hang out and bowl with people who think like me. I can only go golfing with people who have my same opinion on this as me. It's like, no, that's... <laughs> and that's how you create polarization. That's how you create um, political divisions. That's how, you, that's how you create tribalism. When people are identifying with ideology, I mean, this is like textbook how people get radicalized, right? Yeah. You know, people... This is how people who be, become terrorists. And my um, counterterrorism class back in the day, um, they talked about people who... They a lot of the people who are extremists tend to be people who do not have a life, mm-hmm. and they're the easiest to they're the easiest to radicalize because they they don't have anything to lose. Oh right? yeah, they don't have they don't have friends to lose. They don't have a lifestyle to lose. You know, they're already a, a little bit angry with the world, right? So you can easily radicalize them, ra- radicalize them by giving them a new identity because they did not have one to begin with, an identity that was healthy and based up based on relationships, on enjoying life, on talking to people, on going out, on being active and healthy, none of that. You give a new, a new identity based on whatever you want, and, you know, a, an empty canvas, and you can paint whatever you want for them, right? Let's say it's, it's Islamic extremism, right-wing extremism, or even just um, um, anarcho, an anarcho-communist. You know, any, any ideology you want. You just need a blank canvas. And, you know, People who are blank canvas are these people we're talking about who are, I, I think that, and that's why they turn to ideology because they don't really have these social relationships. And I, I know it sounds like I'm just kind of stereotyping these people, but I do think there is a common like theme and I think it's more likely. Like, ex- for example, like um, the, the Columbine shooters, right? The Columbine shooters didn't have friends. They were isolated, right? So they, yeah. they were isolated and they got, I think they, they got radicalized by some book that was called like Born to Kill or something. And they started making that their identity. They started making like Born to Kill their identity. Like, oh, let's do whatever these people are doing in this book, right? And you know why? Because they didn't have friends. They weren't going out. They weren't enjoying life. They were making ideology their their identity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I guess like I cannot stress how how... Because, I mean, when I was, like, an angsty teenager and I used to live in, I was enamored with my own thoughts and I was in my own bubble and wouldn't, you know, talk to people and, and challenge my ideas and that stuff, you know, you go to dark places because you think your ideas are the right ones, you know what I mean? But then you start, when you go talk to other people, they're like, uh, I don't know about that, man. Yeah, you, you, know you what need I mean? to, <laughs> yeah, it's another part of it. You need to be open to being 
having your ideas challenged. Exactly. Having your and ideas like, questioned and not shy away from that. And this is the danger of echo chambers. You know, it, it, that is like the most like dangerous thing I could think of. Actually, you have you're an, you're somebody who um, identifies himself with ideology, and you also have an echo chamber, and you're also somebody who is kind of a miserable person who doesn't enjoy life and have friends. So you have all these three things, mm-hmm. and that's how you create an extremist. You create the the conditions yeah. to create something, Almost, something and it, that and it really probably only takes one of those. <laughs> but when, yeah, yeah, yeah. once it, you're like, at, the extreme case, if you're adding to it, yeah, it just it just compounds. Oh, that's like dangerous levels we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about people who are, and also just school shooters. Look at their psychological profiles. Look at Elliot Roger. You know the Isla Vista shooting, right? He killed all these. Um, all these um, sorority girls because he was a virgin or something. He made it. He made trying to get laid like his whole identity. Mm-hmm. Like something so arbitrary like that. Like yeah, I need to get laid. I need to get laid. And guess what? He didn't get laid, and he killed people. I'm not saying that people who are virgins are, are are like dangerous people. I am saying that these different these kind of conditions that exist together or isolated it can be can be dangerous yeah. at times and that dude was like he's not bad looking young wealthy he was, yeah and very he was wealthy like a, from he a was very a, good family know, yeah exactly his um, father was the director like the co-director of the hunger game yeah it's yeah and here's a here's the crazy part yeah he was like he was pretty attractive he was he, he was wealthy he used to drive a bmw i mean and it goes to show you that those things really don't matter in a way because it shows you that, and that's why the cynics like to talk about it, I guess. Because look at that. He had all that, and he was still miserable. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to, and he, I, here's the thing, though. I am convinced that even if he got laid like he wanted to, I don't think it would have been enough. I think there was a deeper problem than just getting laid. Yeah. I, and, also, <laughs> yeah and, and also, he has, um, speaking about anti-personality disorder, right? The biggest factor he had that people were talking about like dr todd grande on youtube he was discussing um elliot rogers psychological profile he was talking about how elliot roger was a a class a narcissist Mm. and i'm I'm just saying people who tend to have these like base these ideologies and not not just any i mean and it's even worse if you think the ideology is like morally superior, right? It makes it even worse. Yeah, you have yeah, that was against that. that was a big part about it. He thought he, the way he was thinking, his attitude in regards to his identity was morally superior to everyone. Yeah, else. yeah, he was saying something like, "Oh, these girls are sluts. I, you know, they they better, you know, they'd rather be, they should just be dead or something." Yeah. Yeah. So, when when you think you're morally superior, you can look at people in that way. <laughs> and not even know them, but still look at him that way. And it's sad because, uh, you know, on the night that he was trying to get laid and he said if if he gets laid, he would not kill people, apparently in his own manifesto. Because uh, they were talking about this on YouTube, some like mini doc, doc series. It, it was in his manifesto, by the way, in case you don't believe me. He literally like, he got drunk and he went to a party and he wanted to get laid. And then some guy, he he, he kind of like stumbled and fell. And the guy was trying to help him. And then he just told him, like, you know, back off, Jackie Chan. It was pretty messed up. He got in a fight. (laughs) 
he didn't even get in a fight. He was just like literally like just trying to get. He would he got drunk for I don't know why, and he was a lightweight. And then he went to a party expecting for women to just throw themselves at him. I guess he 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 was definitely somebody who was a asocial and didn't understand social you know cues. And then yeah, and he fell and just stumbled, and then he got angry, and then. The guy was trying to help him and say, hey, are you okay, man? Do you need a, some water? And then he got mad because I guess people were like, he thought people were seeing him in a inferior light. Oh, so yeah. then he goes up and he, and he tries to push some girls off a ledge and kill them. You know that he, he did that. And then all these, um, you know, Chads, what he called them Chads, they, they beat him up for it because he was trying to kill some girls. He was literally trying to push him off a ledge, off like a second story balcony. And then they, and then he's like, he calls them, you know, he calls them faggots, and then they beat him, beat him up, and then he he considers himself the victim after doing all that. He's like, mm-hmm. look at these, look at these brutes, look at these barbarians. I'm like, barbarians, you literally tried to push some girls off a ledge, and you you called some guy Jackie Chan who was just trying to help you, some Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, and you can so that, you can see yeah. that <laughs> in other areas with. People who similarly make certain things, these ideologies, as their personal identity. You see the parallels. And it's scary because anything like to do with moral, you, yeah, you, moral you always end up, like I'm, You always end up being the victim. And so you can kind of, mm-hmm. you can rationalize everything. Everything you do, everything that happens to you to where, oh, at the end of the day, I'm the victim. And so they're still wrong. Even if you do something... That is wrong. Even if you break the law, even if you hurt someone. The us against them mentality is very real and very dangerous. And it, it's just it is an over and it overlaps on many different ideologies. It doesn't have to just be religion or politics. It can be anything. Even with just getting laid. It's like, oh it's yeah. me against <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the Chads versus the Stacys. Oh no no. It's the it's the Virgins versus the Chads and the Stacys. That's what he called it. I was like, what the <laughs> And also this guy this guy didn't you can tell he didn't have any hobbies. He he will would just record himself on on YouTube and he'd say stuff about how much he hates his life and how he needs a girlfriend. And how if he he because he didn't have a girlfriend, this is why he this is the way he is. I'm like, mm, I don't know if it's you ha- not having a girlfriend. I think it's a deeper issue than just that. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have, like you said, I don't think he would have been satisfied if he had gotten laid. I don't think he would have been satisfied. Because I don't think he, he had girlfriend. friends either. Yeah. I, I don't think he had friends either. And I, yeah, and also if you look at his case, there's a lot of, you know, I think a lot of ne- like child neglect and um, things of that nature. So I don't want to blame it on, on other things. There's many, many aspects. But, um, the, the biggest takeaway from this whole, um, I guess actually one more point I want to talk about is that the moral superiority thing is really just narcissism in disguise. It's yeah, just kind of, it's kind of I like, see that. It's kind of like those, it's kind of those people who go to balls and these charities and they spend millions of dollars in charities, right? Quote unquote charities, right? In front of a ton of guests and people, but really it's just communal narcissism. It's, you know, Give you know making it seem like you care and you're giving away stuff and you're you're donating to charity on certain cases when it is communal narcissism communal narcissism they're they're doing it for moral superiority for brownie points 
again, and again, it's a cynic, cynical out, outlook, but I am talking about the people who are, who are actually, you know, because you can actually tell somebody cares. Like, if you need to, if you are doing it and making a spectacle out of it, I am a bit cynical and skeptical about it. And also, if you, if it's actually making a real difference, you know, not just throwing money ab- about it, but if you're actually more active in it, you know what I mean? No, no, I, I agree. I mean, because I don't want to shit on rich people. Because some people donate donate because they actually do care. Yeah, I'm I mean, just a bit suspicious of the people who are, you know, because communal narcissism is a thing. It's more more superiority mixed with like charity, you know, even though it's not really charity. Yeah, it gets. Um, I I see what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that as well. If you get into those sort of events and how people yeah. like to show more than the actions are actually affecting, you know what I mean? Because I mean, you can think of like, oh, they donated so and so much money, but it's just a tax write-off at the end of the day. <laughs> Stuff like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. It's just uh, for the tax exemption because they did, gave enough to charity. Mm-hmm. So you get the you get the image boost, and you actually aren't losing any money. <laughs> that's yeah, that's thing. the something self-interested nature of humanity you know that's the that is the biggest cynic idea that that is just the way it is but i don't it, it almost makes people predictable so sometimes it's not a bad thing you kind of just you know what i mean so you can kind of flip it on the other side and be like well yeah, i don't know that's just what they do right you kind of it's kind of a predictive predictable yeah you can just like toss it up to like if it's for the greater good or not you can give give people a pass but and, and I think we were just, yeah discussing this with um, our acquaintance we we talked to over the vacation. You know what is worse? What is worse? A uh, morally superior person who's uh, sanctimonious and virtue signaling, or somebody who's just a rich asshole who's entitled. Mm-hmm. Well, I, honestly, I think the whole morality thing can get very. I don't know. I think they both are bad, but I think we're unlucky enough to oh, live in a place oh, that's where we people were... have. We're discussing, the like, the difference both. in the types of people in both areas. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, we're unlucky enough to have people who can have, who have both of those, the entitlement and moral superiority and smugness. hmm <laughs> And also, not even just for rich people, but just for the average person for no damn reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's definitely an eye-opener to see people who are enjoying their life you know, after all this stuff, because we've been in quarantine for a while, we've been in lockdown, we're going insane too. And then we go out and see people, you realize how how important it is and how how much we've been um, taking this stuff for granted. Just the basic idea of just going and seeing other people and talking to people and enjoying life. Yeah, I could say a lot of people need a vacation. I, I can't imagine people around where we live even if they can experience it locally, but if they just had that same feeling and they were able to just get out and enjoy life the way we did, that they would not just like chill out and kind of forget things for a bit at least and kind of re get a different perspective on like, okay, how am I living my life right now? And is this good for me? Is this good for society as a whole? I think for most people, I think the vacation works, and that's why it's kind of a cliche. Like, get a vacation, go on a vacation, man. Yeah, you know, cool, cool, cool. You know, cool down. It no, really no, is. No, like, no, definitely. 
straight out of a movie. It's like, okay, chill, chill down, chill out, cool down, go on a vacation. I don't, think, I don't think I really understood I don't want it. <laughs> I didn't really understand it until, until very like recently. If, some, if somebody's being extremely miserable and unproductive, I'm like, maybe that's the reason why. But also, I am not totally convinced that it would be like that for all people because some people, you know, the ones who call themselves introverts, not not just the ones who call themselves introverts, but like the asocial people who are like uh, that. Yeah. Know, it might make it worse. But, I mean, you need to go on vacation and you need to try new things. Your own, I mean, what I mean by vacation is your own kind of vacation. Because, you know, vacation is different for everybody. Some people it's clubbing in Miami. Some people it's, you know, going in a, going to the West Coast, going to the Redwoods or or something and just chilling out in a cabin alone. Whatever you whatever you want, essentially. True, true, very true. But also, I do want to say that some people who are asocial, I think that's the reason why they, 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 they don't do vacations because they don't like people. And they just want to be in their own ideology and like uh, echo chamber on the internet. Mm-hmm. You do see, see some very small. I think that's actually a very small amount of people. But those people, yeah. I mean, I mean, what what can you do? Some people just want to. That's what they like, though. And it's not even because they don't have the option of having friends, but it's just because it's their preference. Yeah, no, I I can understand that. But I can't help but feel that it's for the most part it's people who just haven't had that potential to have friends and and, and um, be able to experience life and, and and things of that nature. I think if they had that, it would it would help. But for some people, maybe, I think they just don't want that. It, which is, I don't think it's very common. But um, anyways, that is, any other final comments? I mean, I think they... It- Maybe they could travel somewhere where no one <laughs> speaks the same language as them so they can <laughs> still kind of be alone, be, be around people at the same time. That could help. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. that's very interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what happened when we went over there to China. Yeah, it's like, which, I yeah, <laughs> I kind of had that. It's like, you can do both. You can get both. If you want to be around people and active, you can find people. But if you want to be alone, you still kind of feel alone, even if you're not. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, you kind of have that when you go there, especially if you don't speak the language. Yeah, so you gotta get creative. <laughs> That's all. Anyway, uh, Parabellum. Parabellum. All right.